and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zratty. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer, Aaron Labar. <laughs> it's funny every time. Every time. <laughs> welcome to the show. We are kind of, it's going to be a thematic episode. I feel like we've been doing that a lot more lately. Yes, a loosely thematic episode anyway, about back to school and self-care and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Nicole from last night. We'll yes. talk more about that in yes, a minute. Absolutely. What else are we talking about? Well, you have the list in front of you, so uh, we're going to talk about the. Uh, <laughs> this isn't really school related, but it's kind of dress code related. But do you have to wear a bra? Do should your workplace is enforce it mandatory? Yeah, mandatory bra wearing. Um, we're also going to be talking about just general self care tips for back to school, whether mm-hmm. you're in university, whether you're a continuing education student that's older, like all kinds of people go back to school. Or like shipping your kids or your spouse back to school yeah. or you're a teacher. It's tis the season. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about apples named by AI. How was your week, Jen? Uh, my week has been pretty chill. So I'm still doing this nutritional program, which mm-hmm. means I cook like a hundred percent more than I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so up a lot of your time I've been trying. Uh, it's actually, no, That's I will good. say that it, it, it has not been as daunting as I thought it was going to be. Lots of new recipes to add to the roster, which is good. Um, and kind of getting into the Sunday meal prep train, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has been really good. So like if you can carve out a few hours to do stuff. Man, it makes the week easier. Yeah. So I used to really struggle with lunches. And I think that's also kind of a back to school thing, too, where people are like, oh, I don't know what to pack for lunch, like for my kid, for myself, what to do. Um, doing a little front planning on Sundays, I highly recommend it. Mm. Make like a soup, pre-chop up with salads, and then you can just like grab stuff when you're leaving. Right. Hard-boiled eggs. That's a good one. Like You were very proud of your hard-boiled egg the other day. I. It was just <laughs> such a beautiful... Martha Stewart will never lead you Who astray. Who have you become, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is hard sometimes to stay motivated with that, but mm. I really think as long as you can keep future you in mind... Yeah. Future me, as I said, is often disappointed with past me's decisions. I know. Me too. <laughs> um, that is really... Workload, food prep, you name it. <laughs> I'm sad about it <laughs> i know like why did i leave this so close to this deadline i don't know like it's hard but it's kind of all about establishing a new habit mm-hmm. i'm finding so we'll see yeah so far so good good how was your week uh i had the opposite thing happen and that i ate everything that was in my path for <laughs> many fest i was a judge for the food truck you wars. were whoa that was yeah a lot of food like more than you were expecting yes how did this work okay so there was uh, six of us, all sort of me- various media and culinary representatives. Six judges and yeah. how many food trucks? 41. What? And we had to eat something from all of them. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, there's no, there, yeah, there, uh, yeah. So, this was over more than one day though, right? Only two days. So that's Saturday still, and Sunday. That's so still 20 Saturday, items from food trucks. We had a couple, I want to say three no-shows. So we'll say it was 38 trucks. Okay still still so saturday we had two samples brought to us in this tent every 15 minutes for four hours oh my god we had two breaks that were 30 minutes so we could get up and like walk around and like digest (laughs) but i found that actually getting up made it worse because like the first break i just stayed in the tent and the second break i got up and did a lap and i felt like 
death. Like, oh my god! It was. I mean, some of the, like obviously the, a lot of the food was really delicious, but by you get by the time you get to the end, you're just like, if I have to put one more bite of anything in my <laughs> mouth, like I'm gonna just cry. Um, Who was your favorite? Uh, well, judges overall, uh, best pick was Island Fusion. Okay, and they had this sort of poutine kind of thing but instead of potato fries they used cassava mm. and so they were a little bit denser and mm-hmm. oh like didn't get soggy at all and then they put this chickpea curry on it instead of gravy and then there was several different options but my favorite was the jerk pork oh yeah on top and then there was some other like aioli things and cilantro and whatever but it was delicious that sounds amazing so good. <laughs> that's awesome it was really good i had a fun time but it was my pants were not thanking me Should you have to wear a bra at work? That is a question that a few women in Canada were asking a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it started with a woman named Kate Gosick. This is via a CBC article um, who works as a cook at a McDonald's in Selkirk, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that several s- managers recently harassed her about not wearing a bra, including one that prodded her shoulder in search of one. That's not so okay. uncalled for. Oh that my is gosh. so uncalled for. And here's a, a quote from her. Um, she just told me that I should put on a bra because McDonald's, we are a polite restaurant and no one needs to see that. Ah, uh, that's such like old fashioned thinking. Like, oh my gosh. So there was another uh, complaint from another employer, this one based in BC. So now whether or not employers can mandate a women's undergarments is now the subject of a case before the BC Human Rights Tribunal. Here's my thought on this. Yes. I feel like what undergarments you wear is entirely up to you. Exactly. If you don't want to wear a bra in public, don't do it. I prefer to wear a bra. I'm just more comfortable that way. But at home, two seconds in the door and that thing is on the floor. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, forget it. That's the best part of the day. Yes. Sometimes when I'm at home and I'm still wearing I'm like, why am I wearing this? But like, my, like, my biggest thing with all of these types of cases is like, why do you care? Like, why is this an issue? That and also like, so women overwhelmingly are the ones who wear bras. Yes. Some men could also use support, and yet they are not expected to wear an equivalent. Yes. Um, additionally, bras are expensive. And yes, that is They true. are expensive. They're not... They are among the most expensive pieces in a woman's wardrobe. Some, sometimes, yeah. Especially if you are over a certain cup size. Yeah, that's when we get into real pricey. Specialty sizes, mm-hmm. which actually isn't fair because you can't, like, other than people who choose their breast size. Right. A lot of women do not choose their bra size. Right. Um, wearing a bra can lead to the buildup of scar tissue under arms, like underwires that are like digging in. So ill-fitting bras that you have to wear all day. Like fun fact about that. Yeah. The worst knots in my back are all along the line of where my strap is. That does not surprise me. Like literally, you can feel it. It's like it's like bumpy. It's like a rock climbing wall back there. <laughs> <laughs> So if a woman wants to wear a sports bra or an undershirt or, or, no, or bra. no bra at all, it's really 
I just like I can't even believe that a law needs to mandate this. Well, and the rationale that no one needs to see it because it's a polite restaurant. Like she's wearing a shirt. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, not like she's topless. It's not like she's making, asking to cook making topless. Big Macs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which would be then that's a health hazard because you know when you're dealing with hot oil cover up. I want that splatter. But yeah, like <laughs> bras are terrible, and having a workplace enforce their wearing is ridiculous but that is something kind of real so the story obviously is a workplace and not a school but school dress codes mm-hmm. are also seem to be a perennial issue more so oh, in yeah. the summer than fall yeah. but it, so dress codes are often sexist in the very same ways so it's like visible bra straps because oh my god but if we are quote distracting to buy a piece of cloth strap yeah so you know we'll enforce that you wear a bra but you have to cover it up but we better not be able to tell that you're wearing one like get out of here conflicting messages <laughs> indeed so yeah i wanted to talk about that because i thought that was interesting it made you angry i know it does make me angry because i'm like this i'm looking at a picture of this woman right now she is perfectly presentable to be at work <laughs> like <laughs> come on can i just get a shirt that says mind your business on it <laughs> I'll just wear that around. Just like Honestly. mind your own business. Yeah. Good Lord. Like I get really mad about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. As you can tell. Um, So back to school can be kind of a stressful time. Mm-hmm. Whether you're sending kids back to school, whether you're going back to school yourself, whether you're starting university, whether you're starting high school, it's all just, it's a time of change. Mm-hmm. It can also be a time where you get pretty overwhelmed pretty quickly. Yeah. Because midterms are right around the corner. Well, especially university. Yeah. I never, I never really experienced too much sort of academic anxiety until I was in university. Same. And I uh, overloaded myself for the first two years and had like a total breakdown in my second year because I had five courses and all of them were very heavy in terms of writing. Mm. So I was writing like three, four papers a week. Oh, my God. There was one one semester where I wrote. Oh, you basically did that now for like. <laughs> yeah, but it's different now. Like it's not. It's, yeah, it's just different. It is different. And uh, yeah, I had a full out breakdown and applied to do a semester abroad. And then I left the next winter semester. I was gone for six months. Yeah, it's. Uh... So kids do that. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how like I am a graduate of the famously rigorous creative communications yeah. program at Red River yeah. College. Um, and yeah, I just, I remember, I still get tired actually thinking back to those days. I don't actually know how I did it mm-hmm. and got fairly decent grades. Like mm-hmm. I was on the honor roll in second year, like I was <laughs> a- a- achieving, <laughs> but my mental health and self-care was yeah. in the garbage. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember well, being yeah. in like, editing suites for hours working on projects mm-hmm. and being like wow all I've had for dinner is chips from the vending machine like it's just crazy and I just I don't know why that is sort of the accepted standard mm-hmm. of, of the educational process like why is burnout and overload and like anxiety inducing workloads why is that what is considered normal and good and okay I think it's a good question and I also think that culturally um that continues when you enter the workforce oh so you know 100 there is this culture of sort of being available all the time like climbing the corporate ladder like proving your dedication like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i think the conversation around that is shifting now though 
I, and I've read sort of a spate of articles actually in the last few weeks about different countries that are thinking about like, what about a four day work week? And what about a 32 hour week? And right. those kinds of things, because they're recognizing that they're not getting the best out of their employees. Again, like it's the same quality over quantity argument right. that has been circled around forever. Right. And I think the fact that um, post-secondary educations are even talking about self-care mm-hmm. and uh, there's an Making editor yeah stuff available for yeah and kind of talking about this so that's something that we kind of wanted to talk about is how to take care of yourself when you're when you're stressed yeah so I actually never enjoyed being a student even though I was always a, a good student mm-hmm. I did not actually enjoy any formal part of my education until I hit graduate school mm-hmm. like really like really enjoy and yeah. fulfilling I mean of course there were classes that I liked but of course, I didn't yeah. find it like yeah. specifically fulfilling to my future goals I am with you I find working fulfilling yes which is why I was not a student for very long right so and then I did my master's degree literally back to back with my undergrad I had no break and then I went into a master's degree program where I was the youngest, least experienced person in the class, which is incredibly anxiety inducing. Of course. So you're like, why am I here? Like, why did you accept me into this program if you knew I was going to fail? Imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Pr- yeah. Very much yeah. so. In a new city that I didn't know. Yeah. So that was very stressful. But in that course, it was framed like we only had to take three classes. That was considered a full course load. And we just had more time. We had more time mm-hmm. with our professors because it was a small program. We had more time to do assignments. And yes, the workload was incredibly heavy, but it didn't feel as sort of garbage piled. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I think that it also helps when you work with a program in a program where all the classes are kind of working in tandem. Yes. Whereas when you're just working on your undergrad, it's often just you're a bunch of classes around. that you've yeah. chosen. Yeah. And they may not actually align in terms of yes. workload, etc. Um, I don't even know, like looking back, cause I did not have self-care strategies when I was in mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. I do now. Um, I mean, obviously nutrition's important. Drinking water is important. Sleep. sleep. That's all very important. Please sleep. The harder stuff I think to wrap your mind around is the, it's just school. You know what I mean? A lot of the stuff is going to feel in the moment, very life so, or death. So important. Very yeah. important. Yeah very occasionally upsetting yeah but you will get through it and it is just school at the end of the day you're here to learn and you should there should be room for you to make mistakes and to fail and to try stuff that maybe doesn't work right Um, don't feel like you need to be 100 percent successful in everything that you do because that's boring you're literally there to learn yeah so and also go talk to your professors yes or your teachers if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling like backed into a corner that's what they're there for. Absolutely. And even if they can't necessarily like lessen the workload, they can give you strategies to tackle it. Asking for help is not a yes. sign of incompetence. And that is a tough lesson for a like, lot of people. Yeah. High achievers, especially to learn. Mm-hmm. Asking for help, saying I'm stuck. I don't understand. I'm lost. I cannot tell you the amount of times I went to my professor's offices during office hours with a bag full of books that I haven't read yet. Being like, I think I want to write something on these books. <laughs> like, can you help me, please? <laughs> and have them like provide some legitimate guidance, which is what they're there for. Absolutely. Because it's very difficult to learn anything and get the most out of your program if you 
act like you know everything already Mm -hmm. like it's just it's counter spoiler you definitely do not you absolutely do not (laughs) i don't even know who you are but i can tell you that you don't know everything (laughs) (laughs) but i think those lessons are really tough to remember especially the like magnifying problems right you know and minimizing accomplishments because i think it's another thing that our brains like to do is discount the positives so also take time to celebrate things that you've done well Mm -hmm. successes as defined by you so if you feel really proud of a paper you've written celebrate that somehow mm-hmm. you know don't you know kind of we kind of get on to the onto the next onto the next yeah, onto you gotta the next, take your wins where you can get them you gotta take your wins and uh not make too much of a catastrophe out of the losses because there will be some yeah that's just part of it yeah um further to my nutrition conversation with the meal planning thing remember future you is also you so setting yourself up for success in mm-hmm. any way you can is also important. Yes. That might mean having a conversation with one of your instructors or profs. That might mean... Working on time management. Working on time management. That might mean dropping a class. You yeah. know, it might mean... And none of that is a failure. It's yeah. just... Recognizing your limits. Exactly. Which is so important. So important. I wish I had learned that sooner in my life. I know. <laughs> I, I wish I had... I'm better at imp- uh, implementing that now even. like. Oh, totally. And yeah. I know like a kind of a cottage industry around self-care has emerged and it's all about like, go for a massage, have a bath. And like those things are Treat great. Treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> a la Parks and Rec. But I also think that that kind of more self-indulgent self-care can exist in kind of the same Venn diagram as the hard work of self-care yeah which actually really looks a lot like being a parent to yourself basically like oh, yeah. treat yourself as though you're a small child like mm-hmm. are you thirsty do you need a nap <laughs> yeah. like is your blood sugar low yeah. like those kind of basic things and then some of the more did you put pants on today yeah great exactly. job have you showered like awesome yeah good for you there's actually a checklist <laughs> you can find online um that goes through some of these things it's kind of good to keep handy to be like okay i'm feeling away what are some of the contributors? Yeah. Have you drank water today? Have you only drank coffee? Are you existing in a cloud of dry shampoo and caffeine? Like right. all those things. Just do your best, whatever that means. Exactly. Um, speaking of school, here's another story <laughs> from the news. Here's another thing that made me furious. Um, <laughs> Could that be the theme of this week? Yeah. So this guy went on a date with a woman named Nicole. Yes. Who attends the, like, I think it's U of C, University of Calgary. Um, yes, University of Calgary. And guy's name is Carlos. And he had a great time with this woman. Mm-hmm. And she gave him the wrong number. Mm-hmm. So he tracked down all 246 women with the name Nicole. At Kay. the University of Calgary, who have since formed a Facebook group. Amazing. Nicole from last night. Okay, I may love that. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, this has made, this has reached national news. Okay. It has also reached The Guardian. So, the story has been picked up. Yeah. Here's my issue I love that these women have found like friendship with each other. Yes. I do not love that this story has been presented as like an adorable rom-com <laughs> when it's literally stalking. That's like my personal nightmare. Like, like she probably gave you that wrong number on purpose, dude. Just yes. like let it go. That and would be a normal response would be just to let it go. <laughs> and of course she's telling people who have since interviewed her that she didn't mean to. But of course you would say that. Yeah. Like how different was the number? If it was one digit wrong, perhaps then she is telling the truth. But if it's completely wrong, 
then there's no way that she didn't do that on purpose. But reaching out to 246 women. That's so desperate. And you know, in his head, he's like, this will be a great story we can tell our kids one day. Every Nicole. That's exactly what he was thinking. Every Nicole, Nikki, in all its spellings, Nicolette and Nick at the University of That just makes me kind of sad. I know. It's like that is... That's like really destructive behavior. <laughs> Please tell me she's not going to go out with him again. I think she may be. Oh, that to. poor girl. But they are, they are all friends now. Which is that's the best part. That, of the story. that is kind of the positive upshot. But I can see how this is being spun as like the early plot line of a romantic comedy. When in my head, it's the early plot line of a slasher film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So like, dudes. Don't just let it go. Just you <laughs> just know, get back on that Tinder. Find someone else. She'll find you if, if she it, wants you. She'll find you. Exactly. Um, Tell me this apples thing that you were talking about. All I heard was like uproarious laughter from across the newsroom, and then you told me not to read it so that you could read it to me on the pod. <laughs> okay, so you know, apples back to school it's content writes itself. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so as I was procrastinating from transcribing an interview, which is my least favorite work-related task. I stumbled upon this site called AIWeirdness.com. I feel like we've stumbled upon this site before. We've stumbled upon it before. I don't actually know if it's the same one that did the Harlequin romance novels or not. But basically, AI humor is kind of an emergent emerging genre on the internet like that olive garden commercial this is my favorite thing in the world exactly we're basically they're it's neural networks that are trained and then they come up with names it's artificial intelligence that is naming stuff this one is related to heirloom apples okay (laughs) so the neural networks names sound they don't sound like apple modern apple varieties in fact they sound a lot like they should be riding horses and waving broadswords says this website like lady fallstone little nancy red the bra <laughs> like b-r-a-w uh yes um there's also spitzenborn bogma the red tom of bonesy where what did they and warrior golden pippin of bell and fast <laughs> what did they feed this ai bot with like what did um, they tell it to pull from does it say oh data set is made of pre-1905 apple varieties oh okay yeah um which actual ones are like pine stump and pig snout well those don't sound appealing at all yeah i'll have a pig snout pie please yeah um there's more there's more. There were apple names that were worse. Apples to definitely avoid. Perhaps part of the problem was that my neural net had previously been trained on metal bands. <laughs> okay, <you're> ready? <laughs> There's the night and pooper. <laughs> the fall of apple. Rot. Just rot. <laughs> Brains. <laughs> Double non. Worse and red. Falling puster. <laughs> and just gnaw. <laughs> like N-A-H or N-A-W. Um... He threw in, yeah, and then I threw in a bit more training on metal bands. So there's the Dark Pippin of Myrdil, <laughs> Ancient Bearing Rock, and Spirit Hell Desert Bell. These sound like names for those super hot peppers that no one should ever eat. <laughs> exactly. But the best one is Graverella. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your neural network Apple names. For our last segment, we're going to resurrect... Uh, Aaron's Aaron's advice segment. Tough love. Tough love. 
So <laughs> this question actually kind of inspired the episode because yeah. it's, it's back to school pressure yes. related. Yes. Um, dear Aaron, I am struggling with the first few weeks of my program. Mm-hmm. I am very used to getting A's. I used to get A's all through high school. Mm-hmm. And now I am... I received, sorry, I'm paraphrasing. I received my first mark that was less than an A and I'm freaking out about it. Okay. How do I deal with this? Okay. Let's see here. Um, Well, to put it bluntly, get over it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I understand. I understand how um, uh, stressful and sort of, um, I don't know what the right word is, but mostly stressful it can be for people who previously found getting uh, high marks to be easy not maybe easy but like a regular thing if you're getting a's all the time and all of a sudden you come to university and you're getting a b that can be quite a shock whereas a b for someone who's like a c student is like woohoo exactly so i think the best thing to do is to put it all into context right like doing not as well as you always have is not the end of the world that grade will literally have zero impact on the rest of your life it also is not measuring your worth as a person. Yes. Your work is not you. That is a thing that um, a lot of journalists and writers struggle with because that a lot of our energy and our effort goes into that. Mm-hmm. But if someone doesn't like your piece, they're not saying that they don't like you. If someone gave you a bad grade on your essay or you didn't do well on a test, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that you struggled that day. Exactly. And that's fine. Everyone struggles. We all have off days. And it's your ego. It's your ego. Yeah. So uh, my advice is don't worry about it. Get used to not being perfect because it's it's impossible to maintain that standard. It really is. And you will be so much happier in the long run if you can just let go of those unrealistic expectations and just move on in your academic life as you see fit. That's a great point because the thing about perfectionism is that it doesn't exist. Yeah. And therefore you will always fall short. And like uh, ev- always, everyone fails at things. Oh, yeah. I failed an exam in university and I went, oh, crap. Like, why didn't I study for this? Because then I did that thing where I was like, I'm a good student. I can wing it. No, you can't. <laughs> like, you need to study <laughs> for things. And you know how much that that 48% on a midterm has impacted my life? Zero percent. Zero percent. You shake it off. Don't let it linger too long and move on with your life. I don't know if the rules are the same, but in creative communications, in the journalism stream, there was a very famous policy where if you spelled someone's name wrong, which of course is a bad thing to do in journalism, yes. if you spelled someone's name wrong, you'd fail the assignment. Mm-hmm. Or if you turned something in late, meaning if it was due at five and you handed in at 5.01, you failed. See, that to me is bonkers. It was bonkers, but it also instilled in me <laughs> a fear of exactly. name spelling and deadlines. So I only failed one journalism assignment due to spelling. Mm-hmm. It was the town of Rosenort. I know you told me Manitoba. This. I forgot the E. Oh, I was trusting Rosnort. A, I was trusting a nine-year-old <laughs> to know how to spell his own hometown and he name. Did not know. Yeah, I thought I was a genius for being like, "How do you spell that?" Because my uh, knowledge of rural Manitoba at the time was mm-hmm. quite limited. And I was like, I've never heard of this place. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've been there and it's delightful. But he, so I asked him, and I thought I was being so smart by asking him how to spell his town's name and he spelled it wrong. And mm-hmm. I went with it. But yeah. So the overall point though, yeah, is to just take it in stride. Exactly. Take your lumps. I mean, 
I, I, I got my diploma. Yeah. I am a working journalist. Everything is fine. And even if it's not okay, even if you say you fail a final exam that's worth like 60% of your grade, like that really sucks. And it's going to burn for a while. But you will also get over that as well. So it's just like, take your lumps. It's part of life. Can't be perfect. Move on. One more thought to add about that. And it relates to the self-care and setting yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. There is a wide gulf between failing and not doing as well as you hoped. Yes. Right? Yes. So do as much as you can. Do your best because that's literally all you can do. And then that's it. See what happens. That's it. What are you working on right now? Oh, Lordy. Uh, many, Just many concert reviews. <laughs> moving into the Bell MTS place? Pretty much. I'm there almost every other day for like the next week. So um, yeah, mostly that. Because um, Metallica is tonight which would have been in the past when this is aired Mm -hmm. thursday night um and then aqua (laughs) which i'm really excited about. i'm also very excited for you and then keith urban and then the week after is paul mccartney and in between those i have a couple other bits and bobs but mostly concert reviews to be honest yeah that's a that's a busy fall Mm -hmm. um you're off next week i'm off next week so there's gonna be no pod next week correct um so i'm just kind of wrapping stuff up but there's a bunch of exciting things coming up in the next few weeks so i'll talk about all of that when you return when i return um you can find everything that we have written at winnipegfreepress.com you can also follow us on social media i'm at jens ratty on twitter and instagram and i'm at Ravel on twitter and instagram and we have our email bury the lead at winnipegfreepress.com send us things yes Even if you're just like bored at work and you yes. want i will respond because i will also be dis- distracted at work so we accept praise yeah and advice questions yes so send us advice questions yeah and we'll see you in two weeks